Hello, my name's Stephen Dickens, and you're here for the I'm a Mainframer podcast, brought to you by the Linux Foundation's collaborative project, the Open Mainframe Project. I'm really glad today to have one of my good friends out there in the community joining us. So we've got Alex Kim today, who's really a rock star out there in the community, really on the cutting edge, doing some cool things. So Alex, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Steve, for the introduction. Cool introduction. Um, I'm honored. <laughs> Appreciate it. Hello, no, the, honor, the honor's all mine. It's really good that we finally get you onto the podcast. It's been too long. So, Alex, just get us orientated. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about you. Give us an introduction. Get, let the listeners connect to who you are and, and really give us a perspective and get us started here, if you don't mind. Sure, sure. Do, do you want me to introduce myself? Um, yeah, go for it. Go for it. So, uh, hello, everybody. My name is Alex Kim. Um, I am a mainframe engineer and an architect. I started uh, working for uh, a mainframe as a chip designer in mainframe in IBM Poughkeepsie in uh, 2001. I I was uh, you know in a team where we developed the Crypto Express card. Uh, and I was a designer for the AES at the time. It was a new uh, encryption algorithm standard. Uh, and I moved to different development projects and then also uh, moved to a sales organization as a pre-sale technical specialist covering financial sector in the Wall Street. And uh, I've been with, uh, I've been premier vision partner Vicom Infinity about five years now and working with various clients and many, you know, nice teams in here. And then still with IBM, I'm working with IBM teams like Steve and um, working on a lot of fun project too. <laughs> yeah. And that, you're being too humble there, my friend. There's some really good stuff that I know you're doing. Um, and we'll come back to that later on in the podcast, but that's a very humble sort of overview of your skills. I see you as one of the one of the guys on the cutting edge there in the community working on some interesting stuff. So I think it's going to be good if I can get you to be a little bit less humble and tell us a little bit more about what you're doing in, out there and some of the cool projects. One, one for me would be the crypto stuff. I mean, that that's, that's the cutting edge. I mean, the crypto piece, those are typically the best and the brightest. So maybe just give us a little bit about what, how you got started, where you were working first um, on that, some of that crypto technology. I know that's getting a lot of press right now, underpinning some of the cool stuff like blockchain on the platform. So really keen to, if I can, get you to give a little bit of your perspective and, and how you got started on the platform. Sure, sure. Thanks, Steve. So I was a graduate student in a post-tech university in Brooklyn, now it's part of NIU. And uh, my advisor and professor in my research lab, uh, I was part of the chip design lab. And uh, it was around 1999 and 2000. Uh, I think the, the, at the time, the encryption standard was tripled as uh, which known as uh, you know data encryption standard was phasing out because the computing power was too uh, coming to a point where you can break the code uh, in a day or so. Uh, so you know there was um, proposal out there 
for many different countries and candidates submitted. Uh, IBM was one of them too. But at the end, there was a uh, algorithm selected uh, called um, Rindal, and now it's called AES. Uh, that was the the product that I worked on. And one day, I, I was working by the library, and there was a IBM recruitment on campus, and they were giving a pizza away. So I went there for pizza, and I started talking to a recruiting manager that she was uh, very interested in my research and uh, asked me to bring the regiment next day. So I did, and um, after like five months, after I started working for IBM. So I got really, really lucky. So we have a, we have a free pizza to thank for you starting your career on the platform. It's amazing. Yes. What you, it's, it's amazing what you can get with free pizza. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the college kids and pizza, you can never, you know, <laughs> separate them. <laughs> That's one for me to remember next time I'm doing a hackathon with the open mainframe project. We need to get some right, pizza. Right. So, so yes, sounds like, you, you know, Starting off in the crypto space, really cool project, got you into the platform. Then you no longer work for IBM, you're working for Vicom. Tell me a little bit about that transition and kind of how you made the move mm -hmm. from IBM to one of our great community members who work on the platform and, and really support sure. a lot of clients out there. Sure, sure. So when I moved to the Wall Street uh, clients uh, set to support my sales team, for IBM, um, one of my clients actually, you know, I was working with uh, IBM partner, Viacom Infinity, and uh, I learned about the company, that how they, you know, assist on top of IBM support and collaborate with IBM. And I think IBM uh, wanted to encourage a lot of partners to, uh, to, take more ownership and I saw the opportunity that I can contribute uh, that, that effort and, you know, also support uh, my clients uh, with, with some other skills that I had in my development side. So I, because I was doing uh, other things that, um, that maybe help customers to use mainframe more. So I wanted to join the team and, um, Thankfully, I was able to join, you know, I still work with the same team from IBM, but I think I, I'm a part of extended team. Of IBM, Fantastic. So. Fantastic. So the podcast called I'm a Mainframer, you know, I think a lot of our listeners are either established on the platform or are new and trying to understand. I'd be really keen mm -hmm. to get your perspective about why you see yourself as a mainframer. What got you interested, kind of why you think this platform is so cool and interesting to build a career and, and work with? So if you could maybe give us a perspective there, that would be really interesting for the listeners, I think. Sure, sure. When I, when I started uh, working for IBM in 2001, uh, the first year, I uh, learned a lot about uh, three, three things. It, the acronym was RAS. Three things is reliability availability and serviceability. Uh, it, it's almost engraved in my brain that anything I do, I always think about that. So when I think about the mainframe, it's those three letters, reliability and availability and serviceability. And I was working with, uh, at the time, a distinguished engineer, uh, 
on RAS feature. So he basically created, uh, of course, with other team members, uh, the RAS uh, theory and developed a lot of chips and mainframe architecture with that. So going to you know, his office, looking at all this you know, historic documents that he created where the, from the basic components in the circuit level to the architecture level, it was amazing learning to me. And I think mainframe today still stands for those three letters. And then uh, it become an enterprise system or enterprise computing when I came to the field that customers actually rely on those three things. Uh, critical business should have those three things all the time. Okay. I mean, I would agree when you speak to clients and when we speak to people on this podcast, those really sort of come through um, as key foundations for how they use the workloads on the top of the platform and, and really some of the architectural choices, the development teams making the hardware engineering teams and ultimately the clients are when they're architecting for these workloads. So if we shift gear a little, I mean, I know some of the projects you're working on and how you're on the cutting edge, but I think it'd be really good to maybe share that with some of the listeners. One of the coolest things I've seen over the last sort of 12 months is somebody developing a voice assistant for the mainframe. I know that's your pet project. It literally blows me away every time you demo this. So can you just share with the listeners what you've developed, what Viva as a project is, and really what we can expect from that technology coming out over over the next few months and years. Sure, sure. Um, so Viva, uh, you mentioned it, Steve, stands for Viacom Infinity Voice Assistant. Um, a lot of people, including myself, has uh, have those uh, voice agents at home. Uh, I have six or seven Alexa Echo at my place. And a lot of people might have Google Home. And uh, I, I use it daily. And I think it will be another major human interface to the computer. Uh, it hasn't already become, but it will be used more and more frequently. And the, the beginning of this Viva project for the mainframe was starting with uh, thinking that uh, how cool it would be to ask a question to a device how mainframe is doing. Um, every morning I have, you know, two kids going to school every morning and I have to uh, close them properly and I ask, you know, Alexa, how's the weather? And while I'm doing multiple other things, then it answers me that I can get the information right away. So I don't have to look at my smartphone or the temperature for the weather. So I thought it would be cool to do that with the mainframe. And I, I started with our summer intern in, I think, 2017 that, you know, uh, this was second year he's coming for a summer intern to Vicom Infinity. And first year he got a project, uh, I gave him a project for Hyperledger. It's very, you know, high level and uh, very conceptual. So second year, he wanted to do something fun and realistic. And, you know, I picked three things together, Raspberry Pi and voice recognition and RESTful APIs for the mainframe. So we messed that together and 
Malala, he came up with something that we can ask questions about the mainframe system at the end. So that was the beginning of it. And we showed to our um, demo to our president at the time, uh, the, at the end of the uh, internship, and Tama Morio, our president, really liked it. And uh, I think uh, he saw a potential that maybe it can be uh, helpful to our client at some point. So we started investing more time and effort and came out a more secure and more reliable, uh, usable uh, technology uh, as Viva. So that, you know, we can, yeah, yeah. You can introduce our clients. Fantastic, fantastic. I mean, I, I, as I say, anybody should get look out for a demo of this. I think it's a really good user interface. Really, sort of, not a, not only a fun project, but I can see the business applications and the way you demo it, getting those executives to query mainframe performance. You know, at a peak usage, or whilst you're doing it, year, uh, month end processing, or you know, at a busy day being able to just query the mainframe and, and check performance. I think it's a really cool project. One of the other things, one, yeah, yeah, happy to, happy to give the praise because I really do. I mean, one of the other things I know you're heavily involved in, Alex, and I see you as one of the strongest kind of contributors out there in the marketplace and in the community is around Zoe. Um, I see your name more frequently than I see anybody else's probably in the Zoe Slack channels and talking about the project. Can you just give me your perspective of Zoe and, and maybe if there's any connections to Viva, kind of how you see that and, and really kind of your perspective? Yeah, yes, yes. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that you see my uh, name from the Slack channel a lot. That's probably because I asked too many questions. For questions help. are good, my friend. Questions yes, are good. Keep yes. asking. Yes. So, um, so, so, I, I'm more about. We are more of a user of Zoe, uh, um, the open source project, and we really think it's it was a perfect moment for Viva because. We were using uh, API Connect at the time to integrate many other system APIs within, you know, mainframe. Uh, but uh, we wanted to use something, you know, uh, I would say free uh, that you don't have to pay for uh, start the project. So uh, when we were introduced to Zoe, I was like, wow, this is it. We should definitely dive in and use it. And, we got it uh, working after you know a few months. We got a lot of help from many other Joey development team in overseas, in the U.S. and Canada. Uh, it was it was great, great working together, and uh, still working together and getting a lot of help from them. And it was perfect match. So, where do you see Zoe going? How do you see its impact on the the rest of the open source community and on the mainframe community? Yeah. So. I like to uh, so about the Zoe. I think it's more of a really uh, right now uh, testing the water uh, period that a lot of people want to get some awareness how it's being used with the initial packages. Uh, for for example, our use case is demonstrating how you can create an API and then integrate it with some other application in your enterprise. 
I think for Zoe perspective, uh, if you continue to demonstrate use cases, a lot of people will uh, have their own ideas and their own way to contribute back to the community. So it's interesting to talk there about community. We're on the Open Mainframe Project podcast. What role do you see the Open Mainframe Project and the Linux Foundation playing in that mainframe community? How do you see that kind of coming together? So I think I think Open Mainframe Project has done um, you know great jobs for past three years already. It's amazing, right? And I was, I was there when you started this community and also, you know, on the first meeting, it was an exciting meeting. And it's been great, especially for Zoe's side. It was a ZOS open source project. I think there are <coughs> non-mainframe audiences that may want to know about this. And also, you know, working together with other open source community will have a great potential to expand uh, mainframe users and, and developers. I think, for example, having some other, uh, I would say, Linux Foundation project like Hyperledger or Let's Encrypt and have them integrate something with Zoe, you know, cross-platform uh, development might be something good to, you know, uh, work together. I, I love to see that happening as a, as a personal user. And I think it will be a lot of, uh, you know, like uh, co-development and working together with the non-mainframe side as a community member will drive, you know, awareness and use of Zoe as well as uh, open mainframe project, other projects too. So Alex, one thing I always like to ask as we shift gears here for a moment is I always like to ask the guests on the podcast, where do you see the mainframe platform going over the next 12, 18, sort of 36 months? Where do you see our short-term and maybe medium-term future? What, what do you see ahead for the platform? Um, that's, that's a very hard question. I'm always <laughs> afraid to that's, talk that's about the future, right? That's why I ask <laughs> it. That's why I ask it. It always gets people to think and, and really sort right. of see where they see the right. platform going. Right. I, I think that the pervasive encryption topic that IBM Z14 brought into the market really hit the head. And that was, uh, it couldn't be better timing. Uh, well, not, I shouldn't say better because we see a lot of, you know, security breaches incidents. And I think you should, we should more, uh, talk about the encryptions and, and securities, vulnerabilities, how to, how to exploit the features and how to prevent the data breaches. And uh, open source traditionally addressed those areas very well. And I think uh, having open main pro project with the Linux Foundation on security topic in maybe next 36 months might be very, very uh, good. And, and I think it's, it has a great potential as that people will try to drive it that way. Yeah, I think it's going to be an exciting time. I mean, with what's coming down the track, as I see from some of the security guys here, you know, with, with the community's definitely digging in on this requirement. Every day you hear about a hack out there and some other company's been hacked. So I think as we all look to engage with clients around the mainframe platform and security, that message just seems to resonate. 
Mm-hmm. Right, right. And, and, and I see a lot of our customers finally getting to uh, the ideas and, and started to implement those pervasive encryption features. And um, there are a lot of open source out there. The benefit of open source is that you can run on any platform, right? So we just need to let people know you can choose to run on open uh, the mainframe and then make it stronger and, and you know protect it. Yeah, I mean that's a foundation for me—the ability to protect that data, be able to provide a platform where you know you've got encrypted uh, data, you've got that strong, robust security at every level through the stack. That's just foundational for me whenever we talk to clients. So. You know, I'm not surprised you say that, but it but it's reassuring to hear that that that's coming through in your conversations out there in the community. Well, Alex, this has been absolutely fantastic. Always a pleasure to talk to you. You're such an innovator in this space. We talked about Viva. I recommend everybody checks that out. Is there anything else you want to share with the group as we would look to wrap wrap up? Is there any other sort of parting final comments? Um, I really wanted to thank you, the Linux Foundation, Open Main Projects Office, including you, Steve, and also the, all the developers in Zoe development community uh, that their endless time and effort putting this together is actually making you know big changes. I, I truly believe that. So I wanted to thank you again. Oh, it's always a pleasure, Alex. Always great to talk. So you've been listening to the open mainframe project i've been talking to alex kim from vicom about some of the great work he's doing and how he's innovating on the bleeding edge of voice recognition and the mainframe please look to subscribe um, and join us again for future episodes my name's stephen dickens and it's been a pleasure talking to you today on the open mainframe project i'm a mainframer podcast thanks very much for your time thank you Thank you, Steve. Mm-hmm.